We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Luffy, Luffy Podcast, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, make sure that you do so responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. We're brought to you by CFD Nation, of course. That's where we reside. Presented by Twist. Hey, hey, I'm bopping the day left. I'm in a great mood, man. Right. Hey, man, that cat Chief Keith has a project coming out, bro. Chicago, I've been waiting for Chief for a long time, bro. And I, I usually don't see all I need is one for Chief because I'm not a youngin, so I don't judge. See, I don't judge drill cats like that, him, Dirk. I don't I don't judge their albums like oh man this album no I just need one just give me that one bank just give okay, me that one so Chicago you, you banger singles you need a single yeah. for them for younger cats because I'm not into that so it's unfair for me to judge these young cats when I really don't give the, the uh listening time that that, that deserves but you gotta but you gotta but you put me music, though I do you put me up on Rod Wave so I only really got into Rod Wave because of you. I really only get into certain people because of Baby Girl. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and my nephews. And I'll give it a listen. And if I'm like, okay, that's a bop. Like, yeah, that's a bop right there. I already know I'm not about to be driving around listening to an 18-year-old. I'm not. I'm just not. It's this young, it's this young girl out of Texas. That's cold too. I forget her name. Uh, Saba. Saba something. She's cold. But if it's good, you're going to take a listen. Well, you know, when you really are into it, it's it's consistent. It's in your playlist. So every time you get in the car, that's what's playing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. I'll give it a listen once, maybe twice, and then I'm back to my, you know, my normal playlist. Like I can listen to I can listen to Kanye's first four albums like every day, all day. Okay. You know, I can listen to Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt all day, every day. It's like I can listen to Tribe Called Quest. Like literally the, the, the album that got me into hip hop was low end theory. Tribe Called I can listen to that 
every day. I have it on vinyl. You know, my record player right back there. I'll put it on when I'm sitting here working, writing an article. Yeah, that's right. Yo, now this is the crazy thing, man. Explain this to me. And we're going to get to uh, what's smoking. And what's smoking comes courtesy of former uh, Notre Dame defensive back Devin Butler. That's right. We kind of teased it yesterday, but we're going to dive into it real deal uh, today because it connects to the transfer portal and Riley Leonard. So I'm excited to hear. But don't forget audio edibles each and every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. I want you to go over, subscribe, share, hit the like button. It's the Like Lucky Lucky Podcast. You already know we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Before we get to this, dude, answer to me because you're locked in a little bit more. Rob Wave is on tour. Ari Lennox is opening up for him. She went on uh, Angela Yee's radio show and said she felt like that Rob Wave's fans weren't really connecting with her music because her music is more, uh, it's just a different style. Like his stuff is more upbeat. And her stuff is a little bit more slowed down. And then, like, two days after that, she was doing a show when somebody threw a bottle at on stage, which I always think is whack. Like, come on, man. Like, we're throwing bottles? You can go. If you don't like who's on stage, go to the concession stand. You know? Alternatives. Get on your phone. Text. Do something. But what are your thoughts? Do you think that was strange for her to act publicly say that during a tour? You know, that's just a person's opinion. I do think that uh, you got to know who, who kind of fits what you're doing, too. You know, it's also a style thing. You're not going to bring Waka Flocka to a, a bar lounge, you know, intimate 
type of concert tour. You know, that's more festival, that sort of thing. So you gotta know kind of what you have as a as a musical career yourself and then align that with people that are in that similar category because you know that's what fans come to hear, that style of music. I mean, I think Ari Lennox is a a great, you know, performer and all of that. I think when she does things and collab with other rap artists, mm-hmm. those songs are good. I think if she's up there performing her singles and stuff, you know, I don't believe the crowd probably majority mixes as well as they should. I mean, you look at uh, Tyler, the Creators concert every year, they even booed Drake. Yeah. So if Drake getting booed, then, I mean, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to suck that one up. Yeah. But, you know, it goes back to you're not going to put Ari Lennox in a opening up for a heavy metal band. I mean, there have been some combinations like that. Unlikely. There's been some strange combinations, too. I mean, heck, Aerosmith and Run DMC did a tour together, dude, and it changed literally both of their careers and like broke through the barrier for like hip hop. Next thing you know, hip hop was on MTV. Like just immediately, just from that strange connection and tour. So I, I would take a lot, I would take more chances if I were a hip hop artist with different audiences, the way music is universal today. Music is music now. You hear it on every station, bro. There is no, this is just, well, I mean, if you're talking about like old school rock stations, old school hip hop stations, old school R&B stations, those exist. Well, you go to a mainstream station, what considers it old school, like 2000 and below? Well, that's what they call themselves. I mean, when does the, what era is the old school? Like old this? school is probably eight to 10 years. Anything that's eight to 10 <laughs> years old can be considered old school. Dang. Like old Drake can be considered. Oh, his mixtape can be considered old school. But that's kind of crazy because that's like, like college dropout is old school. Is it? No, that's 2004. But like, no, 2000. I take that back. College dropout was. I might be right. Is it old school? Is it old school because I don't think it's old school. If they're still alive. In, in their career, though, I think well, it's a classic. First of all, he, his career is, is, yeah, I was right. That was twenty. That, that album was about to turn twenty in February, bro. Think about that. But he still has a music career going as a producer. Whoa, he's gonna he's drop an try- album. He's he's about to drop an album to co- coincide with the anniversary of college dropout right but i'm saying he's he's a, that's, he's a artist that's, that's what motivated him dude 
Like right. Jay Z still technically has a career. No, 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 no. Dude, Jay just dropped the album and did a world tour like three, four years ago. You act like that's a long time. No, no, no. Twenty seventeen. That's no, I wasn't twenty seventeen because twenty eighteen. That's six. That's five years. Like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Five years ago. Okay. Kanye just dropped the album last this year. Matter of fact, Jay Z just closed the Grammys last year. That's not a career. We talking about no, no, no. You said artist. He just put out a, 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 a huge feature that won Grammys and closed the Grammys out. That's huge as an artist. And he's in a different era because he can do that. He doesn't have to put out albums anymore. That's, he like, can having, make an impact. that's like having boys to men closing the Grammys. They're not putting out music, though. You don't close the Grammys unless you're doing numbers, bro. Let her, uh, let's stop acting like you got to have a hot boys song. Boys and men sell out tours. They'll sell out tours. the last two? Boys and men don't have no top 10 hits. <laughs> Neither did Jay Z right now. What are you talking about? He had the the hottest feature, probably one of the hottest features on a song last year. God did was one of the hottest, most uh, nominated uh, songs. I'm talking about him putting out music, not him featuring. That's like what one Bro. feature uh, every now Bro. and then. He's not having an active like Drake has an active community. Anybody that thinks God did wasn't his song. Go, go. Wayne had like 24 bars. <laughs> Jay did like four minutes, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, some of that he just be talking through. They really know. <laughs> you know, they got a stump for about minute 30 of it. I don't know. I watch the Grammys still to this day. So I don't know. I watch the Grammys. Because the Grammys still hold weight. Ask these artists. See, artists kill me because they talk crazy. <laughs> they talk crazy. That's why y'all stop falling for this, this narrative and this low-hanging fruit. Because artists will get on these podcasts. Like, this is what kills me. Like, <laughs> you know, the Grammys are this. Boycott the Grammys. And the moment they get nominated, the price that they tag just go up. You don't think the price to get them to come do a show goes up when they get a nomination? Well, see, if you don't care about the Grammys, then keep the same price tag you had prior to the nomination. But they don't. I guess they say they don't care about winning it. Dude, they talk, I don't care about the show. I'm not going. But when that Grammy nomination comes, like, oh, man, we could charge five more stacks. Yeah, you can. That's the price of business. Because now you can say Grammy or not, Grammy nominated. So don't tell me it doesn't matter, but you're willing to use it for your business benefit. Yeah, but that's a business thing, not a... Well, wait, wait, wait. See, either, either, either you don't rock with it or you do. <laughs> either you don't rock with it or you do. But you right? don't nominate either, yourself, though. So being nominated. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with nom who nominates you. If you're going to use the benefits of being Grammy nominated or a Grammy Award winner. See, people do. The argument is not about <laughs> whether the Grammys are worth anything. They hold weight when it comes to the price tag still in the music business. 
So that ticket that you're paying a hundred dollars to go see somebody is predicated upon their resume. And as soon as they become Grammy nominated, the price of that concert ticket is going to go up another twenty, thirty dollars. It's the way of the world. I just bought Janet Jackson tickets for my daughter. See that at the, at, at, at the bowl out there. Yeah. The uh, what is it called? The Hollywood the Bowl or the Hollywood? Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? The Hollywood Bowl. Dude, they were starting at like two, two fifty. I believe it. But that's Janice's resume, dude. Anytime she goes on tour, all she has to say is. Well, her name is Janet Jackson, so. And that as well. That as well. That's going to sell something. I feel like these Beyonce tickets are out of control. Beyonce just should be robbing the poor, man. Out, out, of, out of control. Uh, you can throw Taylor Swift tickets in there as well. I mean, is it if people gonna buy it? That's the thing. It's only out of control if people don't buy it. Like Drake had lowered his tickets, mm -hmm. people couldn't buy it. But people bought Beyonce tickets. Yeah. Like hey, it wasn't even, it wasn't even no problem. <laughs> hey, we can keep it above. And, and she got a hundred dollar album out right now. A mm -hmm. hundred dollars. From a from a stadium standpoint, how much value? Because I think Notre Dame football tickets are out of control. We can get into it, <laughs> dude. Day of, I see people on Facebook selling Notre Dame tickets at the top of the stadium for like two hundred a piece with a parking pass against like a Mac school, and I'm like. Are people getting this? Yeah. That's crazy, man. I hey, I thank God that I went to a Big Ten school and new dudes on the football team. That's the only way I was able to travel around the Big Ten stadiums. Cause these ticket prices. Just not worth it. Man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Well, All that's right, the bro. question. That's the poll question. Who would you pay to go see, though? Because some people I pay to go see. You want me to put that up? Because I got to wait a minute. Poll question of the day is up right now. YouTube, go surprise, subscribe. Left, you'll like this because I'm before we get to what's smoking. I'm I, ooh, I can't wait to see what you say about this. Left, what is the greatest Heisman class ever? Here are your choices 2010. Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, LaMichael James, 2005, Reggie Bush, Vince Young, Matt Leinart, 1982, Herschel Walker, John Elway, and Eric Dickerson, 1988, Barry Sanders, Troy Aikman, and Rodney Peake, or other. Go to the YouTube channel and let us know what you think, the greatest Heisman class ever. What do you think? That Herschel Walker, John Elway, that... that that's old, but that's that's a pretty impressive class, bro. And the old the old five with Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, and Vince Young was tough too. Everybody knew Reggie Bush was the one though. Vince Young was having a really good season though too. Because him and Matt, yeah, because Vince Young was mad that he didn't win. But come on, Reggie Bush was generational. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. He was that dude. 
In fact, he was. Like the urban, he was an urban legend. He was so good. Oh, absolutely. But what would I say? I think the years Deshaun was in it, probably some of the best. What was that? Him, 15, Lamar, 16? Him, Lamar, and... Uh, oh, that's a good class. Him, Lamar, and Trevor or something like that. I wasn't Trevor. It was, oh, it was Deshaun, Christian. Now, one year it was just Deshaun and, and Christian as the finalists. Mm. No. It was Deshaun, Christian McCaffrey, and Derrick Henry. That's mm. a pretty good class. Yeah, Derrick Henry's that dude, though. I ain't gonna lie. That was a pretty good class. Henry, Deshaun, yeah, that's a pretty good class. And then it was Lamar, Deshaun, and somebody else. And that's another good one. That's another good one. The 98, Peyton Manning, Randy Moss, and uh, Charles Woodson. That was a, that's a good class, too. Uh -huh. I, I don't know how I forgot about that. Well, that's why I left the other. Right. That's why I left the other. But yeah, Peyton that Randy Moss. good ones for a long time, though. No. no. Not for at least 10 years. Yeah. Which is crazy. I said, Iris, you out of your mind if you think Charles Woodson was overrated. You out of your mind. You are out of your mind. <laughs> overrated? Nah, fam. And he had a cold Heisman moment. That punt return against Ohio State. Like, that's what it is. You have to be a dude and then have moments. The one-handed one handed in. The one -handed in uh, Interception on the sideline against Plaxico Burris and Michigan State. And then picking off Ryan Leaf in the Rose. Man, stop. Stop. Hey, just stop. Stop. You might as well say he was overrated in the NFL, which he wasn't. It, I don't know, man. I don't know. I got too much respect for any dude that's put on the ice every game. Now, if you want to talk about Randy Moss, probably had a better season. But seriously, this is what I'm saying. Why does Charles Woodson have to be overrated because the voters screwed up? Charles Woodson asked them to vote the way they did. I respect any dude, every game that comes out, y'all got the rest of the field. That's y'all, the other 10. And it's like, this is me. At that position too, that's tough, left. That's tough. Let's get to it. All right, let's get to it, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's hot? What's hot is this conversation, which I just don't understand people. The protectors are out there, left. You know how some people, right. just, some people just want to protect Notre Dame, and that's that's cool. But our guy uh, Devin Butler from uh, the Lucky Underdogs, who co-hosts with CJ Pro Sites, go check him out. Lucky Underdogs on Believe Network. 
He said, I don't believe Raleigh Leonard is better than the quarterbacks we have in a room at Notre Dame. And going so hard to bring in a new guy shows the guys in that room you have, shows that you have little confidence in the guys in that room. That's a recipe for the same mid-tier disappointing season as this year. And this is no disrespect to Riley. He's a tough-ass competitor and a good kid by all rights. Sucks he wasn't healthy all year. Could have been special. And damn near looking at uh, the Shield, the NFL. I just believe we got a guy in our room already. That's from Devin Butler on Twitter. See, this is my problem. Somebody just hit me with some foolishness, right? It left my response. I retweeted it. And I was like, yo, um, somebody hit me and was like, yo, you know, you don't, I don't, I don't want to play guys that don't have experience. So I just started throwing out all the quarterbacks that had no playing experience. I was like, CJ Stroud got blamed for the Oregon home loss and played terrible his first game against Minnesota. He didn't have any game experience. Bryce Young didn't have any game experience. Brady Quinn didn't have any game experience. I just went down the list. Like, you know how many quarterbacks start and play without game experience? Here's the first lame excuse. Oh, you're talking about five stars. Five stars flop every year. All the five stars out there are high four stars. Everybody at the Elite 11, out of all the quarterbacks at the Elite 11, three really become good. Three to four from every class. Just about three, four, maybe three two. Four. Trevor Lawrence had playing experience. And see, this is the problem. And I'll say this and I'll let you ride. See, the problem is, and I've been saying this when it comes to Notre Dame, Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie should be ready to play football right now. It shouldn't even matter. We don't need Sam Hartman to beat Oregon State. If you are a real football program, and you, especially if you have quarterbacks coming to your program in January, they should be ready to play come November and run the offense, period. So what are we talking about? Coach the darn players, man. Coach the darn players. It tells me it's a difference when you got five-star players, dude. So basically now you're opening up another window. So basically you're saying you got a problem with player evaluation in your program. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. Either your player evaluation stinks or your development stinks. It's one or the other. Brady Quinn wasn't a five-star. Jimmy Clausen was a five-star. You know why Brady Quinn played early? Because Charlie Weiss was a great evaluator of the position and he could coach the position. You know what the problem is being under Tommy Reese? That dude couldn't evaluate the position. And the proof is in the pudding. And the two dudes left are Tommy Reese evaluations. We like Kenny Minchie, but he's a Tommy Reese evaluation. Plain and simple. Period. That's football. Either you can coach it or you can evaluate it. That's why the same coaches end up with good quarterbacks. Because either they can evaluate or they can coach. What we say, Malik Murphy is hanging around. Why? 
Got Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian. He hasn't put his name in the portal, has he left? You don't leave a good coach. And Quinn Ewers is talking about coming back. And Malik Murphy is like, no, I'm trying to go to the league. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, this dude is going to get me to the league. It's simple. Notre Dame has not been good at evaluating the position and developing the position for about five to six years. It is what it is. You just focus on the Tyler Butler side. Tommy Reese evaluated and came up with Tyler Buckman is the guy I want to go get. And that dude is about to be playing lacrosse in Notre Dame. Yeah. And even if you felt like the evaluation wasn't spot on, you should have put the offense and built it around him. Build the offense around him. But Tommy, just like, see the, and then you had Tommy had an experienced head coach at Alabama this year. He did. That pulled his reins and said, dude, you can't ask Jalen Milrow to do that. Can't do it. Go watch what he was asking Jalen Milrow to do against Texas and what Jalen Milrow ended up doing later in the season. Drastically different. Yeah, Tommy tried to change it. Tommy tried to make him a pocket passer. It's not who he is. Got coach to you guys, man. And that's what's so important. Is that if you're not coaching to your guys, mm-hmm. then you don't have a successful system. If your system isn't built around your quarterback, what's you don't have a a system at all. I think Tommy's poor evaluation is more of his fantasy of what he wants in his own system, but you got to coach to what you have. And you saw that struggle happen real early, but as a great coach in Saban, he nipped it in the bud and said, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Coach to what we got and make it work. I tweeted that. Nick Saban is, uh, said, we playing Milrow and make it work. And Tommy had to make it work. And, and, you know, because of the talent Alabama usually has every year, it's not like he had to go from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, he just had to shuffle the pieces around a little bit. Right. And they'll perform how they got recruited. Yeah. So thank goodness Tommy came into a quarterback situation, not him building the room and then going about the quarterback situation because I think that's where he went wrong at Notre Dame. You had an empty room with no talent. So your system's not going to look good. You went into a system that had talent in there, so your system went adjusted to what you had. I mean, it was more of a layup than a three-point shot. But when you got to recruit, evaluate, get the guys in there, and then make your offense support that, that's taking the ball up at half, out of bounds, full mm-hmm. court, 94 feet, getting pressed. And the clock winding down. And you got to hit the three to win. Yeah. At Alabama, you take it out of half court, 
You just got to run the offense, put the right guys in the right place. And they're going to Shaq and Kobe that triangle offense, get you a bucket. Yeah. It's different. So for us, we just have to be able to know who we are and evaluate and put the offense around our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sam came in with a different a different feel for what he was recruited there to do. So, of course, there was some mishaps throughout the season where it was a disconnect. You're like, we got this guy for what? There was points in the season as we, we had the question, what do we get this guy for? Because he's not necessarily making offense better. He's looks almost regressing to what he was doing at Wake Forest. It's like, we were going to do that. We might as well get a guy off the roster. I think yeah. this year's schedule is much more conducive for getting a guy off the roster because the question has to be answered. Is it your evaluation or is it the coaching? Because this is a, it's rare that a top program in the country doesn't have a quarterback in the wings. It's understandable to have transfers, but we don't, what top program don't have a, a young kid in the wings trying to start the next year? I don't know a program that's competing for championships that doesn't have that. I think we're the only one that is so hyper-focused on getting a quarterback transfer. Especially when, you, a, can, when you are limited to one-year guys. And situations. on top of that, you've been there. Most quarterback transfers happen for guys and coaches that are just getting to a school. Yeah. We're getting transfers being at a school with the staff intact for the last four or five years. Still getting transfers. Yeah. That's the red flag. Marcus Freeman been there for four or five years now. Yeah. Head coach for three, going on three. And you get this transfer quarterback still. Mm-hmm. You didn't just get to Notre Dame or come from another program and go to Notre Dame. You was already in the building. And you at the present moment of your time in Notre Dame still getting a transfer guy. That's the odd part. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Now, let me me throw... I won't say flowers because I know how you feel about flowers. Let me let me throw some uh, now latest at your feet. Yeah, no, let's let's lift some weights together. Okay, 
we doing the hexes or we doing the yeah uh, yeah we doing some deadlifts. Let me I do prefer, some deadlifts with you. I prefer the kettles. I'm That's a right. kettlebell dude. We like the kettlebell kettlebell swings. All right, let's do some kettlebell swings right now. <laughs> let's go back to 2015. The one thing you can speak to this as it goes to you can say what you want to say about recruiting. The one thing BK did early with Tommy, Ed, you, Deshaun. By your red shirt freshman year, all of y'all were ready to play. Yeah. All of oh, y'all. Yeah. Everybody was ready to play. After that first year, everybody's ready to play. I do. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Dude. I was so focused on you and Ed after 14. I wasn't thinking about Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun was about to transfer to Toledo and play basketball and football. When Deshaun came in versus Virginia, I was scared to death. I was like, oh, my God. Like, dude, I hope this kid does not lose us this game. And then this dude goes to Clemson in the rain and comes they within will. two points of beating Deshaun Watson that team. That dude was ready to play. Yo, he was ready to play. No, he played well. But talk about the quarterback coaches you guys had. Talk Matt about LaFleur. it. Yeah, Matt LaFleur, come on. That was my favorite out of the bunch. Well, well Chuck, well, it was between. Well, I went there because of Coach Martin. But Matt LaFleur was definitely him and him and Matt LaFleur, obviously they're head coaches now for doing it, doing mm -hmm. great things. Coach Martin just won the MAC. Coach LaFleur just beat the Chiefs, you know. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. I know Jordan Love, so. You Jordan know, Love is getting better and better. Getting better, yeah. He's, he's on a natural trend upwards. And, that's, and being around guys like that, true football guys, mm -hmm. it just it just builds that that pathway of how to get better and the consistency of what it looks like from your coach who's straight about football. And when you don't have the fluff around it, it makes it an easy way to get better. So a lot of it, especially in the league, is about fortunately hoping to get to the right coaching staff <laughs> that knows how to develop you, knows how to win, wants to win. Because sometimes you can go to a bad organization and you can be a good player and just never get a good chance, like you know Barry Sanders years. But even in college football, Caleb Williams isn't leaving Lincoln Riley. That just it just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Lincoln Riley could have went to anywhere, and I guarantee you, Caleb was going right there because you—that's the pathway to get it done. That simple. And when you got guys that are not genuinely focused on that sort of way of coaching, because not every coach has that. You, you, they were able to get the most out of what they recruited and they knew what they was looking for. Mm -hmm. So if you get, like Coach Martin knew what he was looking for. That's why we all looked like how we looked and we all had similar but different things about us, but it fit the offense and what we was doing. 
That's what made us ready to go because it all fit us, even though we was different in different things. What was the uh, the one thing that you said that stayed with you through life that coach told you um, when you're talking about watching film versus progress? Yeah, Coach Sanford always says you don't confuse the working hard aspect or putting in time right. for progress. You can watch film all day. But if he doesn't internalize it and use it to put it on the field, it just doesn't doesn't mean anything. So mm-hmm. um, being in that type of aspect, you got to specify on how to watch film. Not every coach knows how to teach you how to watch film the right way. Going to Florida, I learned how to watch it the right way from what do you watch each day to how much time you put in each day, you put two hours each day in and by the end of the week you got 10 hours but each day is a different day you're looking at something third down day red zone first and second down so breaking down a whole week of how to watch film to get ready for a game you're not going to get that from every coaching staff every coach is different in aspects but that's why i said sometimes you got to get to the right place mike holmgren's mm-hmm. kyle shanahan's real football coaches they always seem to make use of what they have and, and make it show and so learning like that's just an example of the watching film and breaking down how to prepare the right way there's a million ways of doing it but this is the a direct way before i went to florida i was just watching film watching film on the coaches watch we're always just gonna watch a couple cut-ups find some players, this, that, and third, but going to Florida knowing the right way, a way that if I had it for four years, who knows? You know, we had QB test, you know, day before the game, where it'd be snapshots of defenses, what are we, three, four thoughts on third down, who's the defensive coordinator, where he's from, what's the primary base, you know, that sort of thing, personnel, all that knowing how to break down film, all of that. That's a great development path. And Notre Dame, it was just, through different coaches, it was different ways of it being done. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to practice these plays, and this is what we're going to run this week. This is what we're looking for, whoop de whoop It was, wasn't as direct, but that's sometimes coaches don't have the same knowledge. You know, every coach, Majority of coaches teaches four verticals, but doesn't teach you what it's called for. Mm. So explain that a little bit. So everybody teaches four verticals. It's like, oh, you got to go inside the inside seam. Right. So, you know, if you got man to man, you attack the outside or they got zone. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-snap, you go out to your best matchup. If it's man, if not, you read the, the the three guys to the field to two to the back. But the play is called to hit the running back one-on-one on the linebacker mm-hmm. underneath because you're calling it to run everybody off and get your matchup one-on-one with the linebacker who's the better matchup. That's why you call the play. So you're really calling it to hit the running back. Mm-hmm. 
80, 90% of America is going to tell you to throw the ball down the field. So it's just that same play. Everybody has it in their playbook. Yeah. But only a certain percentage knows how to make you the most successful at it. Put you in the 80 to 90 category of percentage for calling that play as opposed to the standard 50% is completed. Let's talk about a great example that'll be in New York this weekend, left. Great example. Michael Penix wasn't that what that dude wasn't five star. And he didn't just pop when he got to Washington. He popped with Cable DeBoer at Indiana. That's when he started to rise. That's coaching, development, and evaluation. That's it. And now we get a Heisman season and his team in the college football playoff because of coaching, development, and recruiting evaluation. And that's really, you know, sticking with your coach. And it's counterproductive to what the transfer portal has become where guys can leave at any drop of the dime. But we've seen the, the guys that have been most successful are guys that's been with their coach two-plus years, Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. Three plus four plus year guy there. Joe Burrow had two. Jaden Daniels had two. Cam Newton had two. No, he had one. That was a special year though. You know. Jameis Winston had two or three. Had three, my bad. Mm-hmm. Same coach. Caleb Williams, same coach. Trevor Lawrence, same coach. Deshaun Watson, same coach, two plus years. Justin Fields even had two years. CJ had three years, same coach. So when you get two plus years with the same coach, Michael Penning, Bo Nix, hell, Bo Nix was average at Auburn. Mm-hmm. He was average at Auburn. And look at what two years did for him with the same coach up there in Oregon. Changed his whole life. Now he's a top draft pick. From average to a draft pick. And here we are once again about to put the full weight on a one-year guy. guy. Yeah, and and that's exactly why it doesn't make sense. All these guys having special seasons this year. Watch, Shador is going to have an amazing year next year. Watch. Shador is going to have a great year next year because it's his second year in the system. Joe Burrow had took two years. Bryce Young took two years. I mean, when you have the same coach, you're in the same place, you get a chance to, but just two year plus. It's just, it's a wealth of difference. People don't realize that CJ and Bryce's first years playing were their second year in the system. Yeah. Because they sat and learned in the system. No, No playing experience. Let's go. And that's, and that's, but we're doing the opposite. Doing, we're doing it in reverse. We're putting a two year expectation mm-hmm. of a guy that transfers in one year, man, but look, he doesn't know anything. Man, if y'all trying to compare Riley Leonard to Cam Newton, y'all need to stop. 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 So the proof's in the pudding. 
That dude if you, is not If you want success at a transfer guy, you got to give him two years. That's just the blueprint. It's obvious. There's no way around it. You know, there's no one-year guy popping off. It's just not. We we tried it with a decorated guy, with Sam Hartman and 50 touchdowns and all this and that, and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. We tried it with Jack Cohn to back up, and he was splitting time, and we didn't give us what we wanted. So what did we continue to do this for when it's been long enough? We've seen plenty of examples of the only transfer quarterbacks that pan out are guys that are two-plus years. It's just what it is. And because the ones that are that it doesn't require that aren't transferred. Yeah. They're not transferred. Because they're probably going to go to the league the next year or help their team win. So it's like we're at a stage where we need a, a guy to be the, the now guy. And it's only going to come from your development in-house. That's it. We can act like we can just fix it with a transfer and some money in a briefcase. It doesn't work like that. Or there's not the talent level of a guy like that in the portal. Bo Nix couldn't do it. John, uh, shit. Hell, Caleb couldn't even do it. And he won the highest. You're just, you're doing a fabulous job of just explaining the position, dude. I don't think people understand how difficult the position is. This isn't basketball. So, left. When somebody like Patrick Mahomes says, I didn't learn how to read defense until my third year, you have to understand that the hand of God is on that dude. But also you have to understand that he has Andy Reid. And Andy Reid has been around so long that mm -hmm. he's like, man, this dude can't read no defenses. But how else can we win? Yes. How else can we make him comfortable enough to to be as good as we know he can be. That's called great coaching. And not every coach can do that. So as 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 confident as Patrick Mahomes can sit there and say that, he's also got Andy Reid. That's like no different than Phil Jackson. Yeah. He just got a guy that you think you think Patrick Mahomes, if he was in Justin Fields' position would be talking about, I can't read no defenses. They asking Justin Fields right now if he can. And he like, man, and Justin Fields told you, it ain't me reading no defenses. They making me do stuff I ain't, really, ain't trying to do. Now just imagine if Patrick Mahomes had to do that. If Patrick Mahomes was confined to not being able to be green lit as he is. It's a whole different conversation off of coaching alone. Andy Reid lets him do whatever he wants. Justin Fields is telling you they're making me do something I'm not good with. So, mm -hmm. so that's the difference between a good and a bad football team. We bring in Sam in and say, hey, we need you to play above anything you've played before. Come on now. Come on now. What kind of mm -hmm. Riley Leonard, we're asking you to play better than you ever played at Duke. And when he started to play good at Duke, he got hurt. So he don't even know how good he can be. And we ask him to play better than that. In a in a in a whole new offense. Yeah. With all new guys. Yeah. And we expect him to just roll out there and just be in sync and know the offense and and, and then you and then on the back end you talking about this is a competition. <laughs> like think about how hard this is. 
That's why they had to clear the decks for Sam because it was got to a point where it's like Sam and Tyler, we can't decide. Duh, Tyler been doing it, so naturally he's just gonna be more comfortable and know the checks and and just appear to be better. Like that's what the NFL. So what do you think the NFL does? The NFL does let you go, bury your bury your career, or send you off somewhere. They can't have you looking better than the guy they chose. That's mm-hmm. just business. So you gonna bring another dude in here who has no idea what we do on offense, with guys on the on the roster that's been a, a guy that's been clearly the most knowledgeable at this point in the locker room is Steve Angeli. He's gonna look better than Riley Leonard. It, he, Riley Leonard's talent isn't good enough to just overshadow Steve's comfortability in the offense. It's just not gonna happen. The only shot that that can make it actually competitive and healthy for the team is Kenny Minchie. Because he's been there the whole season. He knows the guys. All of that. But if you bring in a makeshift team with all these new guys and new quarterback, then bring the quarterback's offense word for word. Mm. Or, or you're going to need two years. Mm. Sam didn't look comfortable the whole season after North Carolina State. Now, you would have to start that process right now and you're not and you're not going in there talking about oh this is a competition oh we're going to do 50 50 because you're just shooting yourself in the foot so you do all that for what yeah so if you bring in Lenny Leonard in you need to go in that room and be like look y'all not playing we got to get him ready as as much as we can yeah so y'all can transfer whatever but then it goes back to what's the point because regardless of how much you put in it takes two years. It's like it's like, you know, cooking a cooking a turkey. It takes sixteen hours to get sixteen hours. Right. You can't change you can't, that. You can't, you can't change it. It's That's why it's, it's I wish I wish there was a four hour brisket you can make. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish there was a four hour brisket. Unfortunately. You know. It don't matter how how good you marinate it and prep it and season it and and get it all preheated and everything. It take 10 hours to make that 10-hour brisket. It don't take five hours to make a 10-hour brisket. It take 10 hours. So no matter what you do with Riley Leonard, it's going to take two years. And, 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 And that's not even how we even select through the transfer, which makes it just a stupid process altogether. It takes two years for a quarterback and anywhere he goes, unless he's, hell, unless he's me. How about that? And I can't even play no more. And let's be honest. We can be honest. He's only, if he comes to Notre Dame, he's only coming because he got hurt. My man would be in a, he would be in the NFL draft if he didn't get hurt. If he played the full season and didn't get hurt, Duke would have had a better record and he would be in the NFL draft. So now, what's his motivation? Like, yo, I'm really only coming back because I got hurt. So, no loyalty, no interest in developing the team, but for what he needs it for, for the six minutes he's there. So, for me, it doesn't make sense, Marcus Freeman. You know, I'd rather you pick up a walk on quarterback 
who can service the the arms. No, seriously, forget the transfer because you got to pay for that. You don't got to pay for a walk on. Be smart. This is why I messaged him on Twitter and was like, hey, let me be your right hand and guide you through this tumultuous storm that you're dealing with out here. Because you need somebody with common sense from Ohio, from your own city, who got your back. Because you're going about it the wrong way. You out here defending the trends, the trend to go get the quarterback in the portal. But you got to think a step ahead because this is checkers, not chess. We don't go around people. We go over them. You see what I'm saying? So everybody want to go transfer a portal, but I'm going to walk-ons because it's free. You know what this one-year transfer portal is like and what Notre Dame fans end up getting left? You remember like one of the first scenes from Harlem Nights when Della Reese walked in? And they kept Richard Price say, how much y'all make tonight? She said, we made about $200. They kept, it's like, y'all been back there all night. All y'all made was $200? That's right. I want to know what Quick is trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, y'all been back there all night, and you only made $200? Y'all always coming up short. And that's what I feel with these one-year quarterbacks in Notre Dame. They're always coming up short. No, they're coming up great. They're getting a bag in a couple I mean, games and all type of spotlight <laughs> and coming up short and then getting bailed out by saying they play good. But you know what's crazy? Marcus Freeman needs to go get that walk on. That way it doesn't show a threat to what you're developing in that room. Them quarterbacks you got now can look at it and be like, okay, walk on ain't ain't, ain't, ain't in threat of my position on the team. But he can serve as a scout team because you can get you a good walk on now. Because we already, because what's the difference between taking a walk on and a transfer portal? At least the walk on wants to be at Notre Dame and has to do a lot more to get in, and you don't have to do much to recruit it. A transfer portal, you got to recruit, you got to see if he can get in, and he's got all these stipulations no different than the walk on, unless the, at least the walk on got more years for free. And then when he get done servicing the team four years later, you you do the whole, oh, we bless you with a scholarship, whoop-de-doo, get the good content, and be good stewards. I'm telling, yeah. you, I'm telling you how to do it now. I'm writing a book for you, Marcus Freeman, out there. So once you get the walk on, and you can get a good one. There's a bunch of these mid-tier four guys that are scrappy. You know, them three stars we love to give scholarships to anyway and make captains and all type of punt returners and, and, and slot touchdown catches against top teams. So we already know how to build a walk-on up the right way. Jordan Faison, we done built him up from another sport. We done swapped the, the, the stick for the, for the football gloves and got him catching touchdowns against top 10 teams. So why do we not stick with that good steward route Instead of chasing something we know we can't even allow ourselves to compete in. Let's be serious. We shouldn't be going to no transfer portal for nothing in a, in a criteria-type position. Why are we going in there for a quarterback knowing we can't develop them the right way? If they don't win big next year with Riley Leonard, that will be far more embarrassing than not winning with a first-time starter. Far more embarrassing because it's like y'all y'all running in circles. With the schedule. You running in circles. You getting the same amount of production out of Riley that you would get a first time starter that's been in the system. 
Riley's not changing life with the schedule we got. Nobody can really change life with the schedule we got because we should beat the schedule we have going into next year off of our team alone. It's a great training ground to get ready for the playoffs to be in 12 teams with a guy that has years that is going to be there. You relying on a guy who doesn't have years to do what? He's not going to pull us over the, the hump to be, to win against these teams as winning championships. Because what has he done at Duke to even prove you that? At least Sam got a resume. Riley ain't got no resume. Riley got journal journal articles. I said I, they're doing a better job of trying to get Riley some help in the portal at the same time. But it doesn't matter if we're talking about Oh, pure... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying as far as like a Right, but talent. we're talking about pure talent because we try to get Sam help. We had Tobias Merriweather. We got uh, Chris Tyree who committed to Virginia. We got guys. We have Lorenzo Style, Braylon James, Jordan Greyhouse, Jane Greyhouse, Rico Flores, apparently, JT, Dion. I mean, we got dudes. Yeah. So it's not the it's not the help. We need elite talent in the position, period. We done supported him with everything else. It's like a pig with lipstick on. It's still a pig. And if I, I'll keep it a buck, Steve Sarkeesian jump started his program with a two year, maybe three year transfer. Yeah, when he, he told when he you got, got Queen to stay. When he got Quinn to transfer from Ohio State. And now he has a guy. That can set the tone in the quarterback room. But he, but he recruited Malik Murphy. He recruited Archman. He's not going back to the portal after uh Quint Ewer leaves for the NFL. Why? Because he's he knows he, he knows what he's been developing in the incubator, Gino Gaduli. What have you mm. developed in the tank? This shouldn't be Marcus Freeman walking up to the podium talking about, oh, I'm about to go to transfer. Well, how? Gino Gadulli's whole job was supposed to prepare both of those guys to be ready at, at any moment, half the way through the season. Gino Gadulli's supposed to be coming with reports every week saying, okay, this he's good at this, he's good at this, he's good at this, we can run some stuff here with him. Because, I, I mean, come on, we, what, what am I really helping Sam Hartman do on a game, game-to-game week? Let that be Jared Parker's thing. Wait a minute. Steve, uh, we did not see Sam Hartman. Somebody mentioned this in the chat. I forgot who it was, uh, but shout out to you. Sam Hartman was not even allowed per Marcus Freeman to really call checks. Steve Angeli came in in limited time and was calling checks at the line of scrimmage. Of course, because he's been in the system. It's like, duh, you're going to get more from a guy that knows more about it. If I, It's just like these kids with these, these electronics. If they playing with it 10 hours out of the day, you don't know how to work something on the same thing. You got the same thing they got. Mm-hmm. And you asking them questions and they don't even know how to do taxes. And they, oh, you just got to do this, daddy. You, how you not know how to do this? You just, and they, but because they're in that system longer, playing with it, knowing the ins and outs, taking the time. Good days, bad days with it. Know what's know all the other things that you probably don't need to know, but know because you're playing with the thing so much. 
it's it's what happens. It's, it's, it, it comes back to confidence. Steve been watching Sam all year not being able to make no checks. First time he get in, he going in and making checks. That's confidence. You're like, man, let me show you how to do this, man. I'm going, hey, we're going to the other side. Hey, flip this, do this, do this. That's confidence. He don't need Gino to tell him, to, all right, you activate it. Go and do your – and he definitely know Marcus Freeman ain't telling him that because they don't believe him. So that's more signature of guys that's ready to lead a team, ready to go out there and give you what we've been looking for because you can trust that he knows what's going on. Riley Leonard, no matter how good you think he is, he's not going to know what's going on, period. And if you don't know what's going on, how can you go out there and go 13-0 and this time to third? Jordan Travis is a perfect example of a, of a kid that came in, had a little potential. They was losing, but had a little potential. And by the time he's ready to get out of there, they undefeated with a championship on their mind. That's how you're supposed to do it. So I don't know how Marcus Freeman looks in the college football landscape and say, oh, we need to get a transfer to fix our issues. No. The reason why Brian Kelly left the win, the way he did, in my opinion, is because he knew that once he got quarterbacks in the transfer portal, it was over. Because he ain't about to be shown as no guy that can evaluate, that can't evaluate talent or can't coach. He The last thing he's going to do is appear to not look like he can coach. Mm-hmm. He said that was his his white flag was getting a transfer report. That's how he conceded. He like said, I would have been on board. I would have been on board. And hindsight is twenty twenty. But like just relating this to Steve Sarkeesian and how he set the table at Texas when he got there, I would have been on board if Marcus Freeman came in and said, "I'm gonna go to the transfer report on my first year." Conceded way too early. You know what I'm saying? If he looked at because Tyler and Drew. Because, and you're absolutely right, because for what, Marcus Freeman? The first year what do you, you have to tone. prove your first year. Right. What do you have? Who yeah. who in the world is expect you to win a championship undefeated your first year? You're not being realistic. You're not being realistic. Your first year, you go to the transfer portal. Why? Why? Nobody on, on, the, on the planet is expecting you to go undefeated and win a championship. So knowing that, what are you so pressed to get a guy to do what? You just starting out. How you just starting out reaching for pieces when you have things in the cupboard unopened? Mm. You going to get spaghetti when we got spaghetti in the in the container. What, what you doing? Cause it's got a, a new package on it. it. We we got it's good. And and the fact that you started out doing that, it put distrust in your coaching staff because now we got to question what Gino Cadulli even did this year. Would you just paid him for a year free, like a month free rent? You know, how you get some of them deals. You move into a place to give you first month free. Mm-hmm. Just paid a little down payment. What we just give? Gina could do you a free year, a nice contract, and a good office. You can't tell me he impacted Sam's career this in this season. How? And then to come up right after the next season and say you need to do it again for what? What did we prove with Sam? What did we prove with Sam? That we just run the ball more. That we still using the tight end. That we still don't have no X factor receiver. So. I do think that Sam, if he had another year, 
be one or two games a little bit better, maybe. But he don't have the talent to really show much more than he is who he is, but no different than Riley, who we don't know, and he doesn't know who he can really be. And then you're going to toss him into a whole new situation. He can't, Riley Leonard can't even look at film from the year before and get an idea of what we're doing. Because how do we support Sam? Support Sam was was more of a piece than he was a, a foundation. He just was a guy handing the ball off, doing a couple plays here and there. But what was the offense truly? So that's why it goes back to when nope. Steve Angeli comes in. Steve yeah. Angeli, no, because you got the offense coordinator that's been there. Steve, so basically, been there. you're saying Jared Parker is putting more pressure on himself. Jared Parker is putting more pressure on himself because he knows that he's got to train a guy to do something that has no idea. When Sam was telling you in the spring, shit, I got to ask Tyler. You're supposed to be beating Tyler. You're supposed to be, you know, teaching Tyler how to be a vet. You 50 games in, 12,000 yards, he don't know how to throw that well. You're supposed to be giving him some tips on the way of showing him. I mean, let's be honest. The only way it works is – Look at the NFL. Peyton Manning went and took his whole offense to Denver. You thought mm. Peyton Manning was going to go in there and learn a new – what? Mm. You really thought Peyton Manning was going to go from Indianapolis and learn a whole new system in Denver. Are you crazy? You think Tom Brady was going to take a whole new offense and learn in Tampa Bay, a team that ain't won a championship ever? Are you crazy? What did Tom Brady go down there and do? Hey, we doing this. This is what I like. This is who I need. Hire my guys, get my coaches in here that I need, and we're going to rock out. And if you got a question, ask me. That's how you do it, a one-year guy. Hello? What did Lincoln Riley do his first year? Took the entire staff of OU and went to USC, and he immediately had success. No freaking duh. Uh, of course. He didn't go in there doing nothing. He said, I'm taking my stuff over there. If we really believed in the one year, we would do the one year thing and bring his entire offense, Riley Leonard's entire playbook, mm-hmm. and run it at Notre Dame. And everybody else adjusts if you want it to work. But if we bring in him in, he's no different than bringing in CJ Carr. He's just more beat up. Because CJ Carr and him, C.J. Carr's just younger and got more years. But they both don't have the level of expectation of knowing what it's like to play at Notre Dame, which is a half the battle. Sam had to figure that out late and realize, oh, even games we're supposed to win are kind of – they feel a little different. Yeah, because the team is playing a little better than on field <laughs> every time. It's a night game. Team, team been foaming at the mouth all day trying to get at you. Because mm-hmm. the night game, prime time, it's been no, it's been, what was it, the most packed Louisville has ever been. The most packed. They had the most fans in Louisville history. History. The whole city came out to that Louisville game. You don't think them boys are ready to play? And then they go in and lose crazy to Pittsburgh. But that night, oh, that was Alabama. Riley Leonard, gonna, he, done, he not going to know how to handle that. 
He like, man, I've always played Louisville. They ain't this ain't Louisville. This is hey, these the Space Jam monsters. Yeah, cause it's Notre Dame. It's like they take the spinach from Popeye and they just play way. But yes, Riley Leonard. So all these games are harder than what you thought it would be. Yeah. No different than C.J. Carr, which is why Steve Angeli, as much as we talk about it, of course he's the best option right now. Until you get a new offensive coordinator, until you can prove that you can develop talent uh, behind the guy that's been there the longest, because that's the true evaluation if you, you can recruit, is if you can get a guy that's been in the system two to three years and be a pretty decent, consistent starter and, and bring in that true freshman, that Tua, that Trevor Lawrence, and come in that first year and make it seem like he been there the longest. That's how you know if you can recruit. When you bring in guys and they like, oh, they kind of disappear for a couple of years and pop up, Javon McKinley, that's not good recruiting. That's not even good development in today's college football. Good development is a, a, a Caleb Downs. Come in with a lot of talent, put him out there, and he only getting better. Because <laughs> he, he was getting take, taken advantage of early. Yeah. Hey, and that's okay. That's that, that's where you see the development come on right. the field. We ain't developing in the in the code of practice. Talking about yeah, he's been killing our scout team. What? No, no, they put Caleb Downs out there, let you get cooked by Texas, and then go eleven games straight. And now you up for all type of awards as a freshman All-American. That's how you do it. Because guess what Caleb Downs going to look like next year? Unstoppable. <laughs> as, a, as a true sophomore. You don't go in to the point. Hey, dude. I should have pulled out the organ today, bro, because you, you've been preaching for the last hour. That's why I just let you roll, bro. It is, look, we can sit up here, we can talk, recruit, coach, develop. That's it. That's your job as a coach. You got to have an eye for, for talent. You got to be able to, look, Mike Mickens is a perfect example. Mike Mickens will go out and find everybody. I see people all the time, right? People like, I don't. I just don't see it with Carson Hobbs. I just don't see it with this guy. A lot of people didn't see it with Ben Morrison. He can evaluate. Heck, you can go about all the way back to Sauce Gardner. Mike Mickens can evaluate. He can coach. And his freshman DBs, Benjamin Morrison played opening night against Ohio State. He didn't have to wait till halfway through the season. He was ready to go. And he was not an early guy. Jay Mickey played against Ohio State. He made a mistake on one of the big plays of the game, but that's okay. Because when your process is get the guys ready and get them reps in the game, because that's how they're going to get better, that's coaching. That, that is the essence of coaching. The Notre Dame tight ends, all the young tight ends played this year, all of them. Get them in, coach them up, put them on the field. In the game. Get them Not in the game. That practice thing doesn't make good players. Because you're playing amongst 
a comfortable environment. Being developed in a comfortable environment. And it's only hectic. Is... It's only hectic for the first week until you get the routine down. Yeah. Then you just have practice. But there's nothing like the game. So you can't say you develop in practice. You get the routine in practice. You develop in the game. It is uh Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's switch over, Left. We're gonna talk about why we need to be paid. We're gonna talk about that. Or either somebody needs to hire us. Or or and not or but and we're gonna talk about how these visits are going. And another visit has been set up for December the eighth. We'll be right back. Lucky Lefty Pot. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.